your Kansas City Chiefs route the Chicago Bears 41 to 10 in good fashion. It was a great win. You already know we're going to review that. And is there a new era in Kansas City that includes Taylor Swift? I have no fucking clue, but you know what? I'm happy for my dude, Travis. So let's get ready. Welcome to the Keem Connect podcast. This is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. You're with the producer, Eric Thapartis. Again, welcome to Keem Connect. If you guys don't know who I am, first-time listeners, I'm a certified health and performance trainer. That's what I do for a living. Um, this podcast is season two right now, so two years in the game. Last year was season one, won the Super Bowl. Um, and we've been going smoothly so far um, in season two. Um, this is episode 104 of the podcast. Uh, it's a review game of our week three matchup against the Chicago Bears, which we won convincingly 41 to 10. Um, it was a beautiful game, probably the, the most complete game that we've had from all all phases, offense, defense, and special teams all year, even though we've only had three games. But week one was not this, and week two is not this. Um, defense has been great. All year round so far, I think this is a top three defense, in my opinion. Um, and offense looked like how they were supposed to look yesterday. Or, yeah, how they should have looked so far throughout the year when we started. But how they looked yesterday is what we need to see moving forward. It's what the Kansas City Chiefs have been doing offensively. Um, blocking was good, um, you know, minus the the penalties. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the offensive line talk. But... Um, let's go, go ahead and just nip the biggest uh, talk of the town out of the way. We'll get that out of the way in the beginning of the episode. Um, it's the Taylor Swift stuff. Um, did not expect any of that, to be honest with you. Uh, woke up uh, yesterday morning and normal day and then just preparing for football. And then, you know, I'm, I'm in this chief's group chat and then someone sits, sends a screenshot of their Snapchat conversation who they know someone who works at the, uh, the, at the stadium with security. And then how they, you know, they mentioned they had to be there two hours early and then there was all this, you know, stuff that they had to set up. And it was like there was like a celebrity, a special person that was going to be there. They had to get tenant windows for the suite and it was going to be in Travis's suite. And it just when all that started happening, we were like, OK, well, for me personally, I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. But then <clears throat> it started really getting talked about. And then next thing you know, it was confirmed that she was going to be at the game like people it, like Rappaport, Schefter, all those guys were confirming, yeah, Taylor Swift would be at Arrowhead today. And it was like, damn, what a game that we should have went to. I did have the opportunity opportunity to get some tickets, and I just turned them down, just didn't want to. It was the first time that I actually got to sit on my couch um, this season uh, to watch a game, like my personal couch. So I was like, okay, well, we'll just stay home and watch the game this time. But, you know, what a game to be at, man. I mean, not just for the game in itself, but, you know, the energy and um, and obviously with her being there and the attention that it got. Now, you know, I know a lot of people who, you know, aren't Taylor, big Taylor Swift people, and I'm not like a big fan or anything like that. Like, I'm not like a person who just like, oh, let's bump some Taylor Swift right now. But like, I have nothing against her. Like, I, I don't mind her music. I know that she is like the main, the biggest pop star and mainstream right now. But, um, you know, it's not something that I'm putting on my workout playlist. It's not something I pop up in the morning. But if it's on, like, I'm not going to tell somebody to change the radio. You know what I mean? I don't mind it. And you know what, from more I've been told from people that her concerts are actually fucking dope, you know, it's not, but I'm, I'm not going to pay the money for it, but I heard they're, I heard they're pretty legit. Um, and to be honest with you, when it comes to this whole relationship with Travis, I kind of think that it was, I think it's kind of always been a thing. I think since the, the whole concert, you know, with the bracelet, because every time, you know, every time someone would bring it up or joke with him, he would try to divert the conversation or go somewhere else. Because, you know, at the end of the day, he you know, you just don't know what it is. He probably didn't know what it is. And 
I don't know. I mean, it. I don't follow up with her life. I don't know her relationships and her past or anything like that. I don't care to. But here's how I say as a Chiefs fan, if Travis Kelsey is happy, I'm happy. And that's all we should be as a Chiefs fan. It's. I don't think it's going to derail him from his career. And at the end of the day, she's got a much more bigger platform than Travis. That the, it, it blows Travis's platform out, out the water. You know, Travis only has that small that that window of like football players and then, you know, people who like kind of like media, you know, who just know of him. But, you know, Taylor is huge. I mean, all over the world, worldwide type of shit. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, past relationship with Kayla, Nicole, all that stuff. I'm not speculating on that. But in my personal opinion, from what I do, what I've what I have known and heard about Kayla and Tra- Travis's relationship, and thinking about what potentially could be for Travis and Taylor Swift if it does become anything serious, um, that I personally think the 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 match, the lifestyles would be better off with each other, just because of obligations now she has obviously 10 100 times more obligations than he does but i just think with the the mentalities how they're so career driven still that it it just would be i don't know it just would be different and it's obviously different for her because i don't think she's ever i don't think she's ever dated a pro athlete and i don't think that any of her dudes that she's dated in the past were all six six five six six two sixty I don't think any of them were that, you know. And so this is obviously new. It's cool. It just it was just a cool thing to see. Um, again, it's it's not the most important thing in the world. At the end of the day, it might it might not even turn into anything, but it was cool to see, you know, because that that's the most exposure I'm sure Taylor Swift has gotten on free TV just like that. You know, because it, 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 I'm not saying it was going to her, 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 the sweet, the camera angle every single time, but you know, any, you know, anytime he made a catch or the score, especially, she was screaming, let's fucking go, banging on the fucking tinted windows and stuff like that. Like, you know, and, um, it was just crazy because, you know, you see Donna and her shooting the shit. Like, you know, it was kind of giving you like mother-in-law, daughter-in-law vibes kind of, you know, it was kind of weird seeing at first because you're like, whoa, like, and you don't know, you don't, you, you think that's their first time meeting each other. So you, you don't, you don't know what's going on. But then there was times where, you know, she's standing up and Donna's just sitting there normal, you know, and some people were speculating saying like Donna was probably thinking like, get this damn woman out of here. <laughs> Nah, I don't I don't think it was like that. But, you know, um, they then there was the viral video of them walking together awkwardly um, in the hall outside and uh, trying to get to wherever they need to get to. And uh, some guy just happened to catch it on video and post it and it went freaking viral. And people with all the um, uh people were screenshotting like Kelsey's face. I did it. I posted it, it blew up on my social media feeds. Um, just the, the memes, the captions, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, you just knew it was going to happen. Um, it's just, it, it's when you have those, like the celebrities with that kind of firepower, it's, it's crazy. Um, and people were bombarding the suite Wouldn't even, they had to have so much security guards just to get them out of there. And they did, they got out there safely. And, Kelsey and her were riding the 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 drop top cutlass, that old school shit that Travis Kelsey was riding in. That's my dog right there, riding that drop top. Nah, that man was cruising down the the city. Apparently, they uh, went to Prime, and uh, I guess Taylor essentially. Well, this is what was said. Who knows if if it was Taylor Travis? It may have been Taylor. Who knows that? Um, Basically, all the sir before they got there, everybody was told like, "Hey, you guys have to be out of here at this time. Um, all your if you're here right now, all your stuff is technically paid for because of the situation that's going on. Like, 
and you know they basically they rented out the restaurant and or the the bar and then they went up to the rooftop part and they all partied and chiefs players were there too some chiefs players i'm assuming pat Brittany, um may, m- i'm maybe them too i'm 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 assuming just because of pat and travis being best friends so i'm assuming that's what it is but um who knows? I mean, it was funny how Pat got interviewed after the game. He was just like, yeah, I did, I did not know she was going to be here. I mean, it was kind of sad, but yeah, uh, I haven't met her yet, but I'm sure I will. <laughs> you know, he's like, I don't even know how to like respond to this because it's just not something that they all thought of. You know, there's so many videos going around of players looking up in the stands because it just the attention the attention was definitely brought but you know what i know we played the chicago bears and i know they're a mess i know they're a hot mess of a team right now a hot mess of an organization right now um but hey if the energy is going to be like this at every freaking game and we're going to be winning like this every freaking game freaking bring her blank space ass here sorry i just made a stupid taylor swift joke i tried to make one and it did not work out whatsoever um no, uh, that was uh, <clears throat> that that was cool. Just seeing how electric everything was with the crowd. I just I I hope that energy just can continue forward, and they just keep collecting W's and stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, I think we kind of need to move on from the Taylor Swift conversation. It's kind of it, you know, I don't want to you know overstimulate everybody uh, with it because I'm sure some people who listen to this podcast probably aren't really fans, and if you guys aren't, feel free to basically well i guess i should have said that in the beginning skip skip to this part uh when we actually get into the football talk because yes we'll we'll leave travis and uh tay tay to their uh el, el travador and tay tay to their uh their life their lifestyle so all right let's talk some football some good old-fashioned football um so yeah we won uh your chiefs won 41 to 10 in good fashion no we were not going to drop 70 points on them like the damn dolphins did to the broncos that was a bloodbath and i had rumor i guess some owners have came out and said that they did not like they did not like mcdaniel doing that it it's 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 running up the score i mean it's literally like i just do not give a shit and I'm running up the score and I'm doing it. It, it. it got disrespectful at some point. And, but you know what? It's football. It, that's just what it, that's just what it is. I mean, you go look at the Colorado Oregon game over the weekend and, you know, I'm, I'm still prime. I'm still a Dion guy. I'm still a prime guy. I love what he's doing with Buffalo. I'm not, I don't have no doubts with them. Um, but they they faced a real a, a powerhouse school that's always been you know good like Oregon's always had like good seasons they've never been a bad a bad school ever to play football for, um, and they 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 handed it to the the, the Buffs and that was just what it was. But back to NFL. It, we were never going to drop a 70-point game on Bears. That just was never going to happen. They pulled Pat out by the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, actually, no, like midway through the third. Yeah, because he did one drive, and we scored, and that was it. He was done. And so, you know, they took him, Kelsey out, most of the starters. I think the offensive line stayed in. Um, for the most part, and then they started going to the backups. If you guys notice, Joe Tooney played a little bit of left tackle at the end um, because of uh, Prince Tega getting hurt uh, in his rotation of getting in. So, um, but uh, yeah, let's actually uh, let's actually kind of get into the uh, game statistics in itself. Um, we'll go ahead and just kind of start with like the Bears, Chicago Bears. Just trying to talk about that dumpster fire that's going on right now. Um, yeah, no, it, it it's reported. It officially kind of came out that their DC was getting basically, he basically was let go or he resigned due to inappropriate activity. And we're not going to get too much into it, into the speculations, but um, that's getting handled. And apparently they had some equipment stolen out of their facility earlier in the week too. So they a lot of adversity in that organization a lot of adversity um they're lost i i mean they're 0 and 3 i mean it's 
I don't know if they knew that they were going to be lost by the season, but it's it's just not it's just not getting good. And it just seemed like some players just don't even want to play. You know, they don't want to play for the team either. Um, and injuries are piling up for those guys. Justin Fields is getting completely used incorrectly. That's why he had 99 yards passing and 47 yards rushing because because what it seems like to me is they want him to be a they 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 want him to be a pocket passer so badly that they stick him they stick they keep him in the pocket and then they then when the moment they're like okay maybe we need to roll him out more then they do it and he's like no I'm trying to I'm still trying to do this pocket thing and then by the time he's like by the time you guys actually really want him to do the the actual like running around rollouts and you know, a lot more play action, more, you know, bootleg and stuff, just getting him to move out of the pocket, you, it's too late at that. It's at that point you get, you guys are down, you guys are losing because you, you, you took, you made, you try to make him a statue QB for three quarters and it didn't get you anywhere. I understand. I understand, you know, some coaches want quarterbacks to be, you know, being more in the pocket, don't hurt yourself. I understand that. And, you know, he had a thousand yards rushing. So last year, so the one thing you don't want him to do is use up his miles like that. I I get it, but you don't want to completely take away someone's strengths from them. And I think that's why Justin Fields is going to struggle in Chicago. That's why he has struggled. And that's why he's continuing to struggle. Now, sometimes now, granted, a player has to take responsibility. I'm not saying that Justin Fields' struggle is all on coaching. It is mostly on him because, dude, you have to make the plays too. And there's just not a lot of – there's just no There's no good decision-making. There, It just isn't. His decision-making just looks off. He looks lost. The running backs were getting – gotten nowhere yesterday, which was good um, for our point. And you know we shut we shut their receivers down. I mean, DJ Moore only had three catches, forty one yards. Cole Komet only had two for twenty two, and those are technically their uh, two guys outside of Darnell Mooney. But he's hurt, or he got hurt. Um, matter of fact, I don't even know if he even played in the game. At least if he did, I don't remember. Um, and in Claypool, Claypool sucks. Claypool, Chase Claypool sucks. You know, and his attitude makes him his attitude makes him suck even more. So, and that's just pretty that's that's just pretty much what it was. I mean, <clears throat> uh, what was I going to get at? Their defense. I mean, they had a couple good drive. They had a couple good stops on us, but we just had our way with their defense. And then guys started getting hurt going out. I I almost wonder if some some guys are just acting hurt because they didn't want to be out there no more. I I dude I I almost wonder if some now now I'm not saying that's everybody, but when you're in bad situations like that, like bad situations, like where the the coaching stuff, there's no team camaraderie, there's no message. The, the the coach has lost the locker room, then you start seeing players fake injuries because they don't want to play. They're not they're not going to put they're not going to go out there and risk their health for a, a losing organization. And that's that's real. That's the reality of uh players in the NFL. Their their secondary was already missing uh, Eddie Jackson, so that was bad for them, and and it 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 cost them. I mean Brisker is probably their best def- defender outside of him, and. You know, he was kind of getting uh, he I think he got hurt, too. Um, and TJ Edwards looks like they let him let him in tackles. And uh, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, he was getting his ass. He was getting his ass uh, put in the spin cycle. A lot of the the motions, um, which we normally do. And we were running at him a lot. Now, granted, he did some bitch ass move fucking diving at Mahomes' legs. And they didn't fucking call anything after they wanted to call a bogus um not uh new, like uh lining up wrong incorrectly for um of uh, Juwan Taylor and all that bullshit. So you know we we technically handled their team. Their team's a mess. I don't even want to say anything about their team. I mean it's just horrible. Like they they couldn't block. They couldn't tie. They couldn't do anything with us. So let's talk about what you know our team. What we can actually palette and uh, cheer for because. 
I feel bad for the guy, the the fans in Chicago. I think those fans deserve a lot better. They deserve a lot better because the Chicago Bears was always a prestige organization, especially to play for too. And it's just, yeah, it's just not not good, not good. All right, um, let's start with our offense. Uh, Mahomes was twenty four for thirty three, two seventy two, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and then they threw Blaine Gabbard in um, just to make up with Pat, and he was three for five and uh, 34, 31 yards. And he threw fucking two interceptions, and I think one one got close to getting taken back to the crib. I think the linebacker Jack Sanborn, who was teammates with Leo Chanel at Wisconsin, um, I think he, that one uh, was the one that they got close and they scored on. That was their only touchdown that they scored though that whole entire game. Defense was fucking amazing. What this is, defense gave up fourteen in the uh, first game because we had the pick six, so fourteen, um, and then they gave up nine points, so that's uh, twenty three. And then they only gave up 10. So they've only given up 33 points so far this year. And that Spags has specifically said this. I don't care about yards. I don't care about yards. I, I just don't. You know, yes, you want to eliminate it. You want to not, like, give up big plays. But, you know, I care about preventing scores. If we can get if we can if we can make them score zero on the drive, then I we won. I don't care if they ran it or did all this stuff. If they if we prevented them from scoring, that's all that matters. If we if we held them to three, that's that it's not all the way good, but it's better than seven. So um <clears throat> yeah, no, uh uh back on the offense um yeah blaine grabber had those nasty two interceptions and uh yeah it was, some people were just like yo where's bouchelle at him like yeah bouchelle would have did the same thing bouchelle would have bouchelle would have thrown interceptions too that's just what it is the none of them are patrick mahomes who know who can read the field better and just know the offense a lot better Matter of fact, I also think one of Blaine Gabbard's interceptions was off of somebody's hand. So I can't blame. I can't. I'm probably going to blame only one of those on Blaine. All right, on to the running backs. Pacheco, Pacheco was oh, running like a madman again. 15 carries, uh, 15 carries for 62 yards, 4.1 average, one touchdown. Then they put Clyde in, 15 carries, 55 yards, 3.7 uh, average, one uh, touchdown. And they were they were trying to feed Clyde a lot. You know, I had a buddy who went to the game and he said people were booing it, booing it like crazy. Cause there was a lot of plays where Clyde was being Clyde, his normal self, but there were a few plays where he broke out and there was just like, okay, there's some of the flash that we like to see every now and then, but it's just that's what it is. It's every now and then. Jarek McKinnon, oh my goodness. Um Jared McKinnon had a, a nice uh, he had a couple touchdowns as well, but those were receiving touchdowns. Um, and, uh, Pacheco has obviously been learning from him because Pacheco had a, a, a nasty block pickup. It was beautifully, beautifully picked up. And that's what, uh, Mahomes had all that time. Uh, I believe he fed it to Kelsey on that play. I want to say it was fed to Kelsey. I, I, I've watched some of the all 22. I haven't gone through all of it yet, but. Um, yeah, no, that was pretty much it. Uh, Mahomes use utilize some of his wheels too. That you know, love when he does that, it opens up the field a lot more. Uh, just more of the magic that he makes on the field. Um, and uh, that was pretty much it of the, the rushers of guys who had actual legitimate yards. Um, receiving, uh, who led the team in receiving was uh, Kelsey, of course, six, seven, seven receptions, 69 yards, 9.9 .9 average, one touchdown. I, I joked with this freaking cheese fan yesterday who thought I was being serious. You know, I said, Oh, look, Travis, not another hundred yard game. He's going to have to start getting 150 yard plus, you know, games and make up for it. And the guy was like, Kelsey only needs like 60, 66 yards average to get a thousand. I wasn't being serious, bro. I, knowing Travis, he's going to get his 1,000 this year. He's He gets fed way too much not to get a 1,000. As long as the knee is fine, he's you know moving out there, which he looked great, it's all good. Um, next in line uh, was Rasheed Rice. He had five uh, receptions, 59 yards. Um, he did have a few drops in there that was kind of frustrating. Um, but, uh, yeah. 
And uh, matter of fact, the 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 drop the 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 interception honestly could have been on him. I think it was a drop on his hands, and it bounced off of him, and then landed onto the defender. Um, but no, Rasheed Rice, he did have some flash though. I I really he was a and he had eleven point eight average too, and that was that was good to see. And then Justin Watson, uh, two two receptions for fifty one yards, twenty five point five. He had that amazing catch on the sideline. Let, let's be honest, guys. Justin Watson's wide receiver one outside of Travis Kelsey. It, it is. And I the only reason why I say that, not from a target standpoint, but from a trust standpoint. Mahomes seems to find seems to favor Justin Watson out of a lot of guys on that field when when guys are if Kelsey's not on the field and Justin Watson's on the field, he's gonna find Justin before he finds anybody else. It's like he him and it's like he has a more of a trust factor with Justin. I'm not saying I joke, uh, kind of was joking when I said wide receiver one. He's not like wide receiver one where he's that guy. But what I'm saying is, from like a trust standpoint and how you know Pat feeds him the ball, I just I, I just get the feeling that um, that's how they kind of view it. Even though they want Kadarius Tony to be that guy, but just with Kadarius Tony and the injuries, it's just kind of hard uh, to, to tell. And I matter Kadarius only got a few snaps yesterday too. Uh, Sky Moore had a couple uh, uh, nice catches. He had four forty-two. He took that one across the middle, uh, beautiful crossing pattern, and he, uh, dude, he put that guy on a spin cycle with that dirty ass route that he did. Dude was like no man's land. Um, but that's what we like to see. I mean, guys were doubting Sky Moore, and he's starting to come along, which I knew he would. Um, MVS did have one for thirty-seven, but just one reception, kind of a what we've kind of been known for MVS. Um, uh, you just it, MVS. I just wish he was uh, just m- more consistent every game. He just he's just a you know. It, I like MVS, and this is no disrespect to him, but you know he's just more of a one one route guy. Like he's a good guy. You're just gonna send him on you know uh, go routes or a little out and ups, just something just to kind of you know take away the uh, the secondary a little bit. That's just kind of um, uh, you know the to draw the coverage so you can open up the underneath. And uh, one thing that Patrick didn't mention, uh, he, he talked about, you know, you know, how he realized how much Juju, you know, did a lot for them. I mean, he didn't realize how much that was. Oh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, no, that was uh, pretty much uh, the only reason why I brought that up was because we need a guy who can be consistently into that, um, into that zone to find those open zones. And that's what Juju was doing last year. Now I think, I think rice can be that, but he's a rookie and there's going to be some rookie mistakes still, which we have seen. So um, yeah, we just, we just need to, you know, see these guys develop a little bit more. And I think MVS is going to come along. He's going to get his yards. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get his touchdowns. That's just what it is. Um, You just wish you had more out of him. Uh, Jerry McKinnon had the only three receptions, 19, uh, 19 yards receiving, but he had, he did have the two touchdowns, a little flip, um, that they did in the beginning uh, in the, the first one. And then, uh, he just dumped it out to the flat, um, on the second one. And Mahomes has been using the check down a lot lately. Um, that's, you know, him maturing as a quarterback, realizing he doesn't have to make the big play all the time. Like they just running backs wide open right there. Just feed it to him he's going to get you the first down most of the time because most of the time people are worried about what's uh, behind them and uh sometimes not in front of them uh when they're playing the kansas city chiefs <clears throat> pacheco had two receptions for 16 yards uh no gray had one catch clyde had one catch and then the rest was uh Kadarius only had that one catch uh, for negative yards and I, I think honestly i think it was just because like hey we just we need to get. We need him to get healthy, and he's just not healthy right now. Um, and maybe Andy mentioned it. I know he talked a little bit about um, some of the stuff in presser today, and uh, I know he had his post game presser yesterday, which he said he set Taylor and Travis up, which was pretty hilarious. Um, but today he, uh, you know, he was talking about uh, a lot of the um, uh, just the penalties and uh, some of the guys, you know, how we're just developing more and just continuing to move along and. Um, you kind of like to hear uh, hear that. The one thing, though, with Kadarius Tony, I just I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I want him to be healthy. I want him to do his thing. It's just we just haven't seen it yet. We just haven't. All right, Chiefs Kingdom. That's 
pretty much with the the skilled stuff with the offense. I want to briefly go off the uh, go over the offensive line, and then we'll run into the defense and special teams when we get back. What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? If you guys like this podcast and like what you're listening to, I want you guys to go ahead and give it a five-star rating and a good review. You can find this podcast on all your major audio platforms, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, You guys can go ahead and follow the podcast only on Instagram, and that's at Kingdom Connect. And then you guys can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Big EKC. That's Big EKC. And like I said, go ahead and give this podcast a five-star rating and a really great review. I appreciate you all. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, we are back. Um, Let's go over the offensive line briefly. And I'm mainly just going to talk about the the tackles and that situation because the interior was great. You know, they they blocked uh, great. Creed was great. Joe was great. Trey had a great game. Although he did have a holding penalty too, but um, Donovan Smith, I think, uh, I think he did have a holding penalty, um, and then he was on the ground for some reason. He did get like briefly hurt, but he 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 was able to get back in the game. He was fine. Um, Juwan Taylor. Now, this is getting this is getting pretty ridiculous. I. I, I just I cannot believe the NFL is handling it the way that they're handling it. I said this. I tweeted this out. It it should be called it should be called the Juwan it should be called the Taylor rule. It, it but here's the kicker. It only applies to Juwan Taylor and no one else in the league. Because if you go across the NFL right now, if you go across the NFL right now and you watch any of their film and how their offensive line is lined up, there's so many guys lined up incorrectly according to the rule that they're trying to enforce. But because you had guys like Collinsworth and Mike Trico on the fucking home opener bitching about it and noted and just noting it every freaking play, of course it's going to make everybody bitch and complain because for one, they fucking hate us anyways. They, they're tired of seeing us win. So any anything to, that they think isn't that we're taking advantage of we're taking advantage of, they're going to try to use it against us in some negative some negative fashion when we all know Juwan Taylor was doing this shit in fucking Jacksonville last year and the whole entire time he's been in the NFL but the moment he gets the fucking Kansas City Chiefs he's doing the same shit and then we want to flag 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 his ass every single time he does it why because he plays for the defending uh, the reigning defending uh, Super Bowl champions right now that's why because we can't we can't let them have any type of advantage that they have and stuff because they they make they just win they just they just win too much it's bullshit and Andy Reid even said it today in his presser he doubled down he's like let me go find the exact quotes let me go fucking find the exact ones I'm glad that he did too because he made note of it he said like look like I I know what was supposed to be you know the rule and stuff and what was enforced and you know, yes, you see Jawan Taylor, but then like he's like, I see other guys doing it too, and it's, you know, and it's not getting called. It's it's getting pretty ridiculous here, and you're you're singling you're singling a guy out, and you know they said they they wanted to say in those meetings that they that they saw other they saw other players doing it, and other it wasn't just Jawan Taylor, you know, film, no. It was all Jawan Taylor. I guarantee you that they just watched nothing but Jawan Taylor clips. They might have pulled up some from his Jacksonville time, but it was nothing but just Jawan Taylor clips of him in uh, some form of uh, illegal formation. And then, you know, it, you know, not he he didn't get no false starts, but it was the legal formation. Maybe he did get a couple false starts, but still, it, it's one of those things where I just I think they're they're singling him out for no reason i just i i hate it i i do it's it's bad for football you know you you've had offensive line experts come out and they've said over and over again how this has never been an issue it's it's it shouldn't even be an issue but like i said it it it, it makes so much sense that they well it doesn't make sense to us but i i see what they're doing 
and it's it's blatantly because they do not want Kansas City to have an event. And you can't convince me otherwise. It's not just a biased mindset because I'm a Chiefs fan and I'm trying to figure out why they're doing this. But if you're not, if a if a referee, if referees are not, because I guarantee you, John Hussey, John, I think what John was John Hussey the third, wasn't he like the Thursday night game, the home opener? He was the home opener uh referee. John Hussey has refed plenty of games since then, and I guarantee he has not called one illegal formation on any on any player that's lined up wrong. Why? Because they don't wear a Kansas City Chiefs jersey. That's why. So that's enough about the offensive line. Because other than that, they looked great. Now he did get he did get taken out, and the speculation was like, did this dude just get benched again? But Andy Reid cleared it. He said like, no, you know, we were we were transitioning and putting in the start the the backups at that point. He had got a cut on it. He got a cut in his lip, you know, but we we quickly put him right back out there, um, and that was that. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to speculate too much on that because, I mean, they are paying him a lot of money, and, you know, and for him to be paying, getting paid this money for a lot of the attention to be put on you, whether whether it's right or wrong, it, it is pretty, pretty annoying. And, it, and it's not that I'm not blaming Juwan Taylor by all means. He's just playing his game and how he's always played his game. It just it is just frustrating from a from a fan's perspective. All right, let's talk about the defense uh, real quick. Um, obviously, they were without uh, Nick Bolton. They're they're starting Mike linebacker, um, and you know. I was debating with this uh, with the buddy uh, the other day, and um, you know I had said, "Oh, they're going to be without Nick." I think Drew Drew will get the the start the with the green dot, and he was like, "Oh, well, Drew's the better linebacker, anyways." Well, no, that's not the case. But I, but when I but when I'm saying right here is not me saying that Nick Bolton is better than Drew Tranquil. I don't think they're better than each. I, I think they, I think they both have a certain skill set. They're obviously two different players. They both have certain skill sets that are completely different but complement each other. Whereas, you know, and that was kind of the same with Willie Gay. Whereas, but you were willing, you were hoping that Willie Gay had more of the the, the IQ part of it down. Um, whereas Drew does, you know, and Willie, you know, because Willie could be, you know, Willie's the Willie would have been the coverage guy, the true coverage guy, you know, maybe the dime linebacker if that that if he was able to take on all that. Um, and then you were going to keep, you know, Nick for the early downs and, you know, the be that instinctual guy who runs downhill, stops the run, plugs the gaps. Um, and uh, that's why they complemented each other. But it's the same with, like, uh, you know, having just Willie and – um, Willie and uh, Drew out there because Drew has the IQ. He can run the the defense um, that way as well, uh, just just as capable as Nick. So I think they 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 Drew and uh, Nick have a skill sets that complement each other. You know, because Drew's coverage uh, coverage uh, not Drew uh, Nick's coverage ability is is not all that. He's a spot. He's typically kind of a spot dropper. Um, uh, you know, he'll match. I've seen him match coverages before, like on certain zone matches where, you know, he'll match a running back out in the flat possibly. Um, or if there's like one doing like a little angle route in the middle. Um, but Drew actually can actually flow and actually cover it a lot better than Nick does. But if you look at the way that they run downhill, you know, Drew's not as Drew's not as is built as like as far as like, you know, muscle wise and uh, thickness wise as um Nick and Nick has a little bit more power from his base. So Nick can play the run a lot better. Nick's Nick's more instinctual running downhill than drew is. Whereas drew is more instinctual running backwards than Nick is. That's why I think they both have a, they both have a skill set that complement each other. That's why they both wear the green dot. You know, that's just, that's just how the situation is. You got to take it like this way. Nick Bolton is what the role of Anthony Hitchens and um and drew's like the role of ben neiman now i know those are names we just don't want to mention but i'm just saying those are the roles that they are f- essentially filling um in neiman is drew and uh hitchens is nick so it's it, there's no there's no argument it, there shouldn't even be an argument that we're trying to make who, who say who's better and who's not better that's 
to me, it's dumb because I it just takes away from what's going on in this linebacking room. The linebacking room is the the best line. I think this is the best linebacking room in all the National Football League. I mean, just with the players. I mean, you have Willie Gay, who's a freak of nature athlete. Um, and guys, that's why they keep him on the field all the damn time. It's never really been like Willie Gay's natural athletic gifted, God gifted abilities and phys- his physical abilities could allow him to get away with not having to think about a play more or not having to use his brain as much on a, on a play um, because he can use the, those instincts based off that. Whereas Nick, his instincts aren't really based on his instincts are based off good technique, but it's just straight instincts. He's not like super fast. He's not like the most powerful guy on the field. Um, But that's just, you know, what it is. Um, And then, you know, you got Leo, who's like that straight, that straight traditional thick linebacker who has speed power and they're using him on the edge, using him uh, to blitz to the a gap. They're using him in so many different, so many different fashions, a typical Sam linebacker. And then, and then of course you got drew and what he brings to the table. And we've already mentioned that. So this linebacking room is by far in, in, in my opinion, uh, the best. And then you, you can't forget about the two special teamers in Jack Cochran and, uh, uh, gosh, um, Cam Jones. Those two have been balling out on special teams. And I love what I'm seeing from Cam Jones, especially. <clears throat> but, uh, I, for me, I, I, I don't think it's right to, we shouldn't bash a player to build up another player. For one, for one, Nick's been here, and this is Drew's first year here. We shouldn't take like we shouldn't have to take away from either or to to say who's better and who's not better. So that's why I disagreed with with one of my buddies is because it's like, yes, Drew brings a certain skill set that Nick doesn't, but Nick brings a certain skill set that Drew doesn't. So they complement each other. That's that's ultimately why. I mean, you got and and let's be honest here. It's not like the Chiefs were going out to search for him. He 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 called the Chiefs. His people called and see if they were if they needed any it needed any help, you know, and said that it, it, things just weren't working in L.A. They couldn't get a contract done. So what can you offer? And they they're like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, come on over, dude. You're freaking. You beat. Uh, you kill us every single time on defense when we're when you're playing against us when he was with the Chargers. Now he's with us now, and he's balling out. This linebacking room is amazing. But back to my point was when I was saying we shouldn't have to bash a player, especially the the team that we root for, just to boost up another player. If especially if that player hasn't given you evidence to bash them, what evidence as what evidence has Nick given you to bash him as a player? None. He is one of the best linebackers in the league. I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm not saying he's Fred Warner. I'm not saying he's Roquan Smith. I'm not saying that. But Nick Bolton's good. He's good. I shit. You know what? I think I, I think he's better than C.J. Mosley. If you ask me. Now C.J. Mosley's older and more. You know, but it, that's just what I. That's just my personal opinion. Love the linebacking room. Love the linebacking room. All right. Let's talk about the the defensive line. Man, this defensive line is scary. Scary Terry, man. Scary hours for the quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I I love what the defensive line is bringing. Uh, Felix saying DK Uzama leads all rookies in uh, pressures. Karloftis is like, I mean, he's in a top uh, uh, category with pressures as well. He has, um, I think he has like, what, three sacks on the year. Uh Chris Jones, I think he has he has two and a half actually, and uh, Karloftis has two, <clears throat> and um, Mike Dana has he has two and a half. Mike Dana's been a menace too, and. Um, Let's see who else has been getting sacks. Uh, it was just uh, Karloftis. Uh, you got Karloftis, Phoenix. Phoenix. I say Phoenix. Felix. Felix, Karloftis, uh, Chris Jones. Um, you know, you had Malik Herring, Tershawn Wharton in there. Uh, Derek Nottie. Derek Nottie. You know what? 
I, I've said this last few episodes, as much shit as I've given Derek Nadi over the last few years because he's not been good. He's not been good since 2019, in my opinion, and maybe halfway through 2020. But that second half of 2020, um, especially in the Super Bowl, because he was letting fucking dudes running all over us. But we, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Anyways, um, you know, yeah, just not good. He was horrible in 2021, and he just he just was not good in 2022 as well. But he's he's resurging. He's had a couple couple of great weeks, and you know he's he's showing some pass rush ability as well. He's he's doing his normal things, anchoring, playing the run, opening up the holes for linebackers to fill. Um, and you know, especially also on key blitzes as well. You know, he's stunning good. You know, it's just I love what I'm seeing from Derek Nadi, and I hope that it can continue to the show. You know, and maybe he got told, maybe he got told in the office, like, dude, we're we can't keep bringing you back. You know, you have not shown any improvement. So this is this is last year. We got to cut your salary down again, but this is last year. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying fucking shit. I that, that most likely did not fucking happen whatsoever, but um, he, he's resurging and I, and I like what I'm seeing in, in general. I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing from Carl Loftus more than anything, because you can just tell the development has been, it's there. He is miles ahead of, from what he was as a rookie miles ahead. And Felix is going to get a sack. He's going to get his sack. I I believe it. He's going to get his. Um, and and Mike Dana, he's just one of the scrappiest dudes I've ever seen play on the defensive front. I mean, just to play on any side, and the pressure getting there. I mean, you just you, you can only imagine when Charles Amenu who's going to get back. It's just it, everything's going to look beautiful. It's going to be so. Yeah, I'm I'm even just I'm itching just thinking about it, you know, how locked down this defense is going to be when we have everybody fully intact there. And of course, they are moving Chris Jones all around the line like they normally have been doing, saying like, hey, Chris, go find your bitch and, and you know, and go win. And that's what he did. He went on the rookie, um, went on the uh, the rookie left tackle or rookie right tackle. uh Darnell Wright, who is a guy that I didn't, I would have hoped that we would, have, oh, a, a guy that I would have uh, been okay with drafting. But uh, yeah, Chris Jones was kicking his ass just like he did Anton Harrison. And that's just what it is. You you got to go find the guy who's the weakest link, and that happened to be the 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 rookie tackle. Um, and he he got around him, and then Justin Fields tried to scoop away. But then when Justin Fields like moved, he realized he was going to run into another sack. And then the moment that he moved back, Chris Jones right there got him. So um, let's see what Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones is at. I say he's at two and a half sacks for the year. Yeah, because he had uh, one and a half on in Jacksonville, and then one um, in Chicago. If he can get one in every game moving forward from the rest of the league, like. Dude, you just gotta go ahead and just pay this man. Stop playing around. Um, all right. So yeah, Joe Colin got the got a lot out of the defensive line yesterday. A lot of rotations that they did. A lot of um, formations like they were in. They were in the three three five yesterday. The three down linemen, three linebackers, uh, five DBs. But they also also did it into like a nickel form where they took the um they took the third linebacker out and put like another defensive back, like a, another safety. Um, So that would have been like a big nickel from a, from like a, from like a four, three perspective, or not sorry, from a three, three, five perspective. Uh, they ran some three, four, which uh, the way they're running it, how they had it yesterday, they, they put Jack Cochran in the middle as Mike and then they had Drew and Leo on the edge and then also Willie on the edge. And it's it's just crazy on how the guys are just flying around in different positions. I love the way uh, Leo's penetrating the tackle um with his hand just uh, just bowling him over with the, the 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 applied pressure when he's playing that overhang Sam role that rush outside linebacker or rush boundary back or whichever. So it's it's one of those things that, you know, you just love the way that they're utilizing everyone. That's why this defense is good because they're they're not only mixing the fronts, they're mixing the coverages. 
And um, I, I said this, I said this a week ago, I said this on the uh, preview episode that um, what they've, what they've shown the ability to do, and this is what Belichick has done most of his career is that, you know, he's going to take his number one corner and he's going to completely eliminate your second best receiver. That that's exactly what he's going to do. And um, I, uh, and then they're going to double, they're going to double your number one. And I know McDuffie was on DJ Moore uh, on some uh, on some plays, but I almost wonder if um, what was I gonna say if who else was on Clay? Someone was on Claypool. I don't know. I don't think McDuffie was on Claypool, but um, Yeah, yeah, Dar- Darnell Mooney, he didn't even get no catches yesterday. So if if that was who, like, I, I did see McDuffie cover him a few times. I'm going to have to uh, go back and, like I said, really look at uh, a lot more of the All-22. I've only been able to get, like, some of the first quarter uh, into it. But if, if, if McDuffie was mostly on Darnell Mooney, then this is true lockdown because he did not allow a reception at all. So, and there was, um, let me, there was actually a post on, it was like a next gen stats on McDuffie. Let me see where it's at. So Trent McDuffie, um, list of cornerbacks with two games recording an 80 plus PFF grade this season, Trent McDuffie end of list. Um, that's pretty much it. So. If he if he shut out Darnell Mooney, that's exactly what you want to do because Darnell Mooney was technically the number two receiver, and DJ Moore was your number one, and he definitely was getting he was getting bracketed a lot. So, um, and the the biggest thing is what they like to do is they like to show they like to do show coverages and they drop into something else. Like they're gonna show they might show like a modified cover three and they're going to ro- with a single high safety and they're gonna rotate into a cover uh, like a, a saw like a a static uh, cover two with the two split safeties. Um, uh, not only were they running the three three five, they were running their typical four two five nickel. And then they were doing the four one six dime, um, and uh, th- like I said, three four fronts, four three fronts. It it was just crazy how much they were mixing things in yesterday. Um, <clears throat> what else? Uh, they were running some cover four. Uh, they did some cover uh, six. They were doing uh, rotations with uh, cover cover two, dropping into six. Um, and <clears throat> one thing that I also noticed is that our DBs love to go for the ball. I mean, like not as in where they um, – more so like uh, not from like a turnover perspective, but just more so like – I'm gonna be so I'm gonna be so tight on your hip pocket that you're you're I'm gonna I'm literally gonna get a PBU on you every single time, and that is mostly Trent McDuffie. You know he's a, a PBU guy. You know it gets uh he's just very sticky. Um, but uh, Mike Edwards did get a pick yesterday, and that was tipped. I want to say mm, Snead tipped it. It was either Snead no McDuffie. I think McDuffie did. Um, yeah. And then it uh, got to, uh, it got to Mike Edwards. So that, that was a beautiful pick. We need to see that. I got a couple forced fumbles yesterday. Um, just love what this defense is doing. Um, Justin Reed had a good game. Uh, I, as expected, expected that. And then, um, who else? Brian cook was, uh, flying around as well. Uh, he had four tackles. Um, the guys who led the team in tackles were Drew Tranquil with eight, then McDuffie had five, and Leo had four. Then next was Brian Cook, and uh, Brian Cook was playing a lot uh, in the line of scrimmage, and you know he or close to the line of scrimmage, and he was blowing shit up too. Uh, saw Justin Reed uh, playing in the box, playing doing some of that uh, dime safety role. <clears throat> But yeah, no, I mean that was pretty much kind of the, the the defense. I mean they were flying around, did a lot of mixed coverages, a lot of mixed fronts, and that's that's ultimately what's going to make a defense to stay nasty. Because 
the offense doesn't know how to prepare for that. And especially if you're allowing Chris Jones to move freely around the damn fucking um, the damn defensive line. So, yeah, that's pretty much that that's going to kind of sum things up. And then whenever we get Charles Amenahu back, it's even going to be more crazier. Um, I was going to say something about the defensive line, but I just just totally slipped my mind. Um, oh man, Lejarre Sneed had a good game. He was pretty good. Yes, uh, had a, um, you know, he did allow a couple of receptions, but you know, uh, they were kind of cont- they were mostly all contested, and he had tight coverage as well. Oh man, something something I was going to say, and it just it slipped my mind. Mm, man, can't remember. That's that's tough. That's 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 tough. I I believe it was going to be something good that I was going to tell you guys. All right. Um. Well, uh, the sacks yesterday. We had a half sack with Drew. We had one with Dana, half with Karloftis, and then one with Chris. So, I mean, we're 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 balling. We're balling. Now on to special teams. Tommy Townsend, another all-pro year. Give this man another all-pro year at punter. I do not care what uh, anybody says. That dude is the best. That dude's the best punter in the NFL right now. He is. He truthfully is. Um, he looked good. Uh, Harrison Bucker was hundred percent money. He's been money all all season long. Um, but you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with what he's been doing, um, especially with what we've seen over the last few years with certain struggles. Um, the return game, Montreal, Washington, a guy that we saw in the practice squad uh, for, uh, to begin the season, and he is the start. He is the starting returner moving forward, is what they said today. So they they obviously loved what he's you know what he was doing. He catches the ball, and he can find the lanes, and he actually utilizes his blockers. So and he can and he can cut, and so that is that's exactly what you want. I hope they can continue uh, having him moving forward. Um, I know it's just due to Richie James uh, being out. So, um, just trying to think, what else? What else is there? Anything else? Um, don't want to talk about. Oh, uh, with uh, Karloftis, I I can't remember if I I, I mentioned this at all. Um, but dude got held like a motherfucker in the damn fucking end zone. That should have been a freaking sack. Karloptis should have had one and a half sacks yesterday um, because he was getting held like a motherfucker by Cole Komet, and uh, he about had Justin Fields back there. Now, if the ref was the, the refs that were literally just standing right there weren't blind, if they would have threw the penalty, it would have been an automatic safety because if you hold in the end zone, that's a safety. So, yes. Um. <clears throat> Well, that's that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's there's nothing really much to say. I mean, it was a good old fashioned butt whooping that we we gave them. I mean, you loved what everything you saw and um, the energy was great. Taylor Swift being there. Uh, Trav played well. Pat played well. Um, you know what? What would Deion used to say all the time? You know, you, uh, <clears throat> you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you play good. So that's um uh, I mean, even though he did not feel that this past weekend, but that's a kind of that's his saying that he always does. So, um, teams looking good right now. And, you know, people are speculating if this if this is a top three defense and they can sustain all all year round, you might as well just give Mahomes a trophy because he's never had a top. He's never had a top five defense. That's why he's out there comfortable. He's like, dude, I don't feel like I have to be Superman all the time now because of how good this defense is. Now, I think the sense of urgency is still there because he wants the offense to be great and to excel and how they were struggling the first two weeks. But just knowing you have a defense that's going to have your back and help you out now, yes, this is exactly what we want. So, all right, Chiefs Kingdom, that's going to go ahead and do it for um, this review episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed that. Um, we'll get the the preview episode out on the New York uh, Jets uh, game and that's Sunday night game. We'll get that preview out on Thursday. Like we always do. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to stick with, um, Zach Wilson that Salah mentioned today. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, uh, if you guys want to do that, that's, uh, on you guys. So they, they're probably already looking at their season as a wash as you should, because the guy that you invest all your money to is now hurt. So, um, yeah. 
I mean, who knows? Um, one more speculation on the whole Taylor Swift thing. Acknowledge it. One more, one more thing, and then we'll move on and we'll get out of here. But um, what I was gonna say, uh, I guess someone speculated. I guess she's supposed to be in New York this week. I mean, she has. I guess she has a home in New York, but she's supposed to be in New York this week for an obligation. I'm assuming maybe a concert. I don't know. And obviously, we play the. And I, I, someone said it was going to be at MetLife. I don't know. And uh, obviously, we're playing the Jets, and they play at MetLife. So uh, if that's the coincidence, then you obviously know she'll be at the game. So who knows what's going to happen. But I'm happy, and Travis is happy. This team is damn for sure happy, and Andy Reid is happy. Oh, before we get out of here, Andy Reid becomes fourth most uh, gets becomes fourth all-time in most wins. A 271 passes Tom Landry. We already knew Big Red was going to do that at some point, and Patrick Mahomes became the fastest player to reach 25,000 yards, and I think he did it in 83 games. So nice stuff to see it from the GOATs. And with that being said, the connect is always real.